Am I here? Hello. Hello. How's this sound? This sounds very sexy and clear. I'm so glad. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> so much sexier now. Way sexier. Love this. Sexy, sexy sounds. Let's move. Yeah, you don't believe in astrology. Oh my God, you are so sexy. Hey, baby. What are you doing? How are you feeling too? Welcome to Hitched on the Astral, the podcast exploring the effectiveness of matchmaking through the lens of natal astrology. Hello, my angels. My name is Lucy Porter, your resident evolutionary astrologer, psychic, high priestess, and long-term student of relationships, attachment, and tantra. Welcome to this exciting new cosmic experiment in the form of matchmaking astrologically just through the birth chart. Now, I've been working with astrology for years and the recurring theme with all of my clients, whether they're asking about work or their purpose or their family, is they want to explore their relationship to connection, to love, to relating. Now, I'm so excited for this experiment to talk love and relationships and healing, but through an astrological lens. So I'm here with my fellow neo-witch, Jordana. Woo! Who's going to be sprinkling a touch of her own magic over this experiment. So Jordana, my queen, (laughs) tell us about you. I'm the spell witch bitch without a hitch. (laughs) I'm Jordana. I'm a theatre practitioner and a cult scholar. So I'm going to be giving you some history, some socio-political context of astrology, astrological and planetary symbolism and myth as we go along, um, giving you some tasty, juicy, delectable little bits of knowledge, as well as situating this experiment in sort of a broader context of our current structures. Almost every religion or society in the world at some point in its history has used the stars as a form of meaning making, as a value system, Mm. and looked up there in our ever-expanding galaxy for guidance. Astrology is woven into the fabric of our world and its symbolism folklore and myth is everywhere it's having a renaissance and is becoming deeply ingrained in queer culture often as a foil for other oppressive hegemonic forces astrology is a language it's not a belief system and in lots of ways given the vast scope for interpretation and cross-cultural exploration, astrology might be a perfect love language. Also, I'm mega sad, so I'm going to be organising these astro dates and then catching up with our, our victims later, finding out what went down, who said what, who likes who, who loathes who. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Hopefully not loathing, but you you never know. I'm so glad that this job has been left to you. <laughs> has this work? Has this worked? Do you like each other at all? That's Just where we bring your in. <laughs> bring me in on a little trolley with my little spotlight <laughs> to interrogate. I love it. I love it. So where should I begin? I think that I would like to start sharing with the listeners a bit of the backstory as 
to why I so strongly, at least I so strongly believe in matchmaking through astrology. I've always been super obsessed with relationships, with dating shows, with love, with union. <laughs> Ever since I was a child, I was so fascinated by how to relate well. Mm. Um, I think that it's such an art relating well. Yeah. And it's definitely something that I think people struggle with. They deeply struggle with because there's no education around no. relationships. Mm -mm. There's no Nothing. at least highly accessible education around yeah. how to process triggers, around trauma, around how our parents' repressed experiences or emotions impacted us, about our early relationships, even about our first relationships, and just how much they can flavor our belief system about ourselves and, and about love in general. So I feel like we go into relationships blind with all of this promise, barely knowing ourselves. It's just no wonder it's such chaos, right? <laughs> that we live in the, this world of total illusion around union that love is supposed to complete us or break us or do something for us. And we kind of disregard the fact that actually really to make anything work, we have to do our, our own inner work. We have to know ourselves. Yeah, definitely. Um, which makes sense. You know, lots of people, they wait to be in a relationship till they get to know themselves. But even if you do that, you get into a relationship and you kind of have to start all over again because it's yeah. just it's just so mirroring, isn't it? Well, it's also just like putting romantic love on a on a pedestal and a pinnacle. Yeah. As, yeah. You know, and that creates so much pressure for people mm. in their relationships and as you say like people don't have the tools I mean some people I guess do but as it's not widely accessible to people even mm. though we're kind of coming into a stage of talking about sort of pop therapy almost yes. people will just you know talk about their attachment styles yeah <laughs> which I mean I love I love oh, I love it it's like we it's almost not even encouraged to take accountability within relationships I think that no. It, it's so widely encouraged. I mean, even in kind of more conscious circles to kind of look at the other and the other hasn't addressed their wounds or the other is, you know, doing something painful. But well, yeah, particularly in queer circles where that's like mm. part of the fun. Part yeah, of the fun well, of there you go. It's, it's fun to shift to shift accountability. But this is what is so useful, I think. And this is why I'm so interested in exploring synastry and exploring relationships through the portal or the lens of astrology because you enter it totally transparently like totally vulnerably and for people who are listening who know a bit about astrology birth chart essentially i mean it's a blueprint of your soul isn't it and there is no hiding it's extraordinarily yeah. useful information to bring into union because you bring yourself clearly. You know what your shit is and you know where you're going to get triggered. You're like, okay, there's, there's smart choices for me here or there's just chaos. It, it saves, it saves two years or something. I remember this actually, that two years ago, I, I decided, I remember I was sitting on my boyfriend's balcony and I decided that I had this sort of astrological matchmaking it was the thing it was just the <laughs> thing um epiphany moment it was an epiphany jordana it all came at once enlightenment I, was, I thought oh my god what have i been doing all these years so i'd been with my my partner for about a year and i'd experienced in that relationship and in some before personally like just how useful astrology was in navigating the relationship navigating our communication styles and our attachment styles and knowing what it was that i needed fundamentally as an individual through my birth chart so i called up every matchmaker in london 
every single one and i told them about my idea right i called like the fanciest like chelsea mayfair i didn't Southwest. know these people existed they're literally everywhere okay and they're also really old money this is one thing about matchmaking that i've realized uh. is matchmaking is old money and that it it moves in certain circles i think yes in- you've got to protect protect yeah. the inheritance protect the legacy I think it is a bit like that. Now we have like Tinder and Bumble, which is like some weird oh, yeah, version so of, of matchmaking. Yes. And it's also doesn't, yeah. it doesn't, um, but it's just totally shallow, right? It's yes. totally disposable. Entirely. Yeah. But I remember thinking, oh my goodness, these matchmakers, like they're really big and I have something that they just. They're really big, but completely <laughs> hidden. At the same complete... time. <laughs> they're massive and hidden and doing it totally wrong. They need my advice. So I called them up and I demanded to talk to their, you know, like heads of people. And I spent the whole day doing this. Um, and I was like, listen, you guys, you're charging big money to get big results. And this is this hilarious. Is, this is so great. Like, what's your numbers? Like, obviously, why would they give me this information? I thought I was just one, one of them. And um, I'm like, listen, I'm an astrologer. And for years, I have studied people's birth charts. I know. I just had this feeling. I know exactly what people need. I love ne- that you need. went to people who have made probably whole careers out of matchmaking and you go this works for me you're doing everything you know chuck it away i know isn't it crazy i don't know what was running through me why i decided to try and change their system rather than just make my own it was really it. it was really bold i like the energy um they they didn't get it. They didn't get it. And they, they weren't interested. Say. In short, I was like, just, you know, I even said that I would intern for them. I said, let me come along for wow. free. I did. And I said, I will just let me look at the birth charts of the people that you're oh, matchmaking. No, Lucy, not free labor. This was years ago. It was two years ago, not that long ago. And um, well, thank God they said no, they were not interested. But they're lost. They're lost. They'd because lost. for the past two years, I've really, I mean, in all of my readings, which is what I spent all of my time doing, has been really looking at people's charts and kind of testing my theory, I suppose, about what different placements mean in a person's <laughs> chart in terms of their attachment style or how they love or what they need or even their triggers. And I love that people were coming to you for readings and you were just <laughs> secretly filing them away as little <laughs> guinea pigs. <laughs> I know, I'm like, this is amazing. But you know what, it's useful because, I mean, hopefully it helped them and it's I've learned a lot about how you can really see what people need through their chart. Yeah, two years later, like you said, people are really into astrology nowadays, really into astrology. I felt it was time for Hitched on the Astral to be born. Here we are, birthed at last. Yeah, everybody is completely astrology mad. I mean, it just stuff around astrology is everywhere and so mainstream, Mm -hmm. you know, like... I had I had a girl come up to me at an event once and this is not like it wasn't like a witchy event it wasn't anything related to astrology it was like I think it was just like a protest or something and straight away she goes <laughs> what's your sun moon and rising like before before she asked my name before your name I didn't even I didn't know her I'd never met her <laughs> so I I told her and then she goes oh you're mean i was like well okay but you're not wrong outrageous i yeah i feel like sometimes maybe i give off sort of disney villain vibes (laughs) i think that might be the scorpio rising but yes it's no it's so useful um i mean i Mm. i can't i can't believe how many times i've looked up people's charts and this is like 
either after I've dated them or while I'm already dating them, while in the quagmire that I've got myself into. And then I find out that they've maybe got the exact same placements as people I've dated or liked before. Leo Moons, they just, they seem to find me somehow. Just come crawling out of the woodwork, the little lunar lions. Huh. <laughs> like, and once I dated somebody who had the exact same placements, I mean, almost the whole entire chart was exactly the same as a crush I had at school. The only difference was the rising sign, which ironically was sister signs, but they were born like the like, day after one another, <laughs> same year. So you're literally having the same astrological meetings I'm going over and over. Over and over. I'm an Ouroboros. I just keep going back again and again and again yeah so dying, I know. like a boomerang get me off the wheel <laughs> <laughs> but i mean looking looking retrospectively at those charts it's interesting to look at the dynamic of the relationship and kind of why we were attracted to each other because mm. like somebody had a, a third house stellium and so my venus is in the third house and it was a little bit sibling yeah, yeah. sibling yeah, vibes no. Very sibling vibes. There's a there's a lot of rivalry. <laughs> yeah, brother sister tension. Very, very much. Very that. <laughs> yeah. Now I know what I need to find somebody with Venus in the sixth house or something or whatever. But yeah, yes. it's good good to have that information. Good to know. So useful. Definitely sixth house for you. Definitely. Yeah. But it's so useful to know about where Venus is in your chart because. I mean, it's so important in matchmaking, right? And especially if you're just dating. Yeah. Because it shows our relationship to pleasure and receptivity. I described it to you the other day that it's the doorway that we want to be met or sort of penetrated through. It's a very beautiful image being penetrated through a doorway. Yeah. It's like, okay, Aquarius <laughs> and Venus is like penetrate my doorway through humor. <laughs> or Pisces Venus is penetrate my doorway through devotion. Ooh. Taurus Venus obviously penetrate oh. my doorway through pleasure please please scorpio venus penetrate my doorway through mystery and oh. go around the back don't you dare knock at the front You're back so door please basic back door only secret like, hideout tunnels secret doorway or yeah, you're just I'm you're actually, just ugh. yeah i see i love scorpio venuses because the scorpio rising that makes an interesting little tasty aspect but yes. they they eventually don't end up liking me because it, like all the sad just ends up coming out like i start off very mysterious very secretive who am i wham bam here i am ma'am yes like a stray cat which ends up moving in yes <laughs> but then leaving leaving randomly and coming back at strange intervals yes i feel like the aspects of the venus are also so important because a well-placed venus really a really well-placed venus it's very easy to magnetize love and flirtation and relationship mm. into your life whereas a slightly more poorly placed venus like a venus square saturn yeah it's like there's this belief in you can be conscious or unconscious that love is very limiting or that love is constricting in some way yeah either that you have to constrict yourself or change to find love or that actually once you find love it puts you in a box but then if your Venus is trying your Saturn, for example, it's like there's a harmonious mm. love of tradition or there's just this sort of consistent receptivity. Like someone might really like that structure in love, you know? Yeah. The relationship between Venus and Saturn is a really interesting one, I think, because mm. Saturn's got a really, he's got kind of a bad rep 
in modern astrology for being this kind of strict, domineering daddy type. Like, love it. You know, <laughs> you know, keeping a tight fist on the money and sort of teaching everybody lessons, which you know likely does come from the Kronos myth about him eating all those children. But you know, yum <laughs> yum, yum. <laughs> tasty kids. But. <laughs> But Saturn started out as an agricultural god. So in traditional astrology, he's about the connection to the land, so land ownership, which really mm-hmm. does actually tie in with Venus in terms of sort of possessions and comfort and control in terms of the Venus-Saturn square. But you can also see it in the trine, that connection between, yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, it's true. It's true. So yeah, back to... Uh, our lovely lovers. Love what them. Are you looking at specifically when you look at their charts that that you think determines their compatibility? Mm, so, I think that people get way too hyped on sun sign compatibility. Oh yeah. And I mean, really, it's a terrible idea to Awful. match people on their sun signs if you are with someone you think you don't have matching sun signs that's probably a good thing um because the sun is all about the ego the sense of quite fixed emanating self and we don't aim to relate from the fixed emanating ego but from a deeper more receptive space yeah it's just such a surface way of understanding astrology yeah yeah i mean you're not in a relationship if you're connecting with someone through your sun sign no it's not union in any way i mean i look holistically to the whole soul so to the north and south nodes really importantly which is the karmic and dharmic direction in life i look to the venus and the moon and the mars placements so how we love how we show our love Mm -hmm. um, and what we need to receive to feel comfortable And then also I look at the Saturn and Chiron because that shows where we struggle, where we're slightly more contracted or where we require more love and support because there's been a wound there. Now, what's really important with matchmaking through astrology is to look for the relational lines and the ancestral lines, which is the AC and the DC, the IC and the MC. And these are belief system lines. That's how I read them. And they can show old and stuck thought patterns, really. Oh, wow. Okay, so the so the AC is ascendant. AC is the ascendant and, and the DC is, is the descendant. descent. But yeah. what's IC and MC? So the IC and the MC are the mother-father lines. The MC is the father and the IC is the mother. Mm-hmm. So we could say, let's say someone had their Venus trying everything and they just had this chart full of love and abundance, but they kept finding themselves in relationships that or they felt abandoned, or they felt unsafe, or they felt that their relationship was just not reflective of of their birth chart in any way. Now, they could have, for example, like Saturn on their IC, they could have a real contraction on their mother line. And actually, nothing would have happened in their life to indicate relationships being difficult. But some belief system which came down that maternal lineage, some, some wound, some pain, then lives inside their map in a way. So they're living out something which isn't theirs. This happens a lot with people and they don't understand why things are happening in their relationships. And it's often I say to them, this isn't yours, but you know, it, it is our work to, to clear it and to move through it. Yeah. 
So, I mean, how cool. That's really cool that you can... We, we get our own personalised therapeutic and relational maps. Yeah, it's like a, like a cheat sheet for healing ancestral <laughs> trauma. <laughs> that's it. Do you know, that's it. Let's TM that because that's exactly <laughs> what I'm trying to do. Copyright it now. That's what I'm trying to do. A cheat sheet for healing ancestral trauma. I love that. I love I mean, I don't know about you, but I value growth over longevity in oh, any yeah. kind of relationship any day. Oh, yeah, of any course. Day. But then, I, I mean, I would because I'm a glutton for knowledge. I want to know about people. I want to know everything there is about things, about them, how how I can grow, how we can grow together, how being apart might be better. <laughs> <laughs> so sad. Very sad. Yeah. I am really looking forward to investigating, you know, complete strangers and then finding out what works for them and why that works for them. So our first couple are, are lucky lovers. Well, we hope. They're both sad sons, our sad son Huns. But obviously, you know, not that suns matter all that much, like you said, but Sag is ruled by Jupiter, which is the planet of luck and abundance. I think that sets them up to have at least a, a, a bit of fun, a bit of fun and games, a little bit of lighthearted entertainment at the very least. If nothing else, yes. they'll probably have a, a, a right good old knees up <laughs> <laughs> as, mu as much as they can. <laughs> Um, right, so how is this all going to work? How are we going to do this? Well, due to pandemonium, panatone, panacotta, panorama restrictions, <laughs> they're going to be meeting virtually, which is very, you know, age of Aquarius, over mm -hmm. everybody's favourite Zoom. But key for Sag in particular is the avoidance of boredom, death to boredom. We like being engaged. We love being stimulated. So we're going to give them a few questions to start them off. So we'll get them to describe themselves in three words, you know, things that they look for in a partner. And then after they've answered those, they're each going to try and draw the other one. <laughs> There's no pressure over how, how good or bad their artistic skills are. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> and then they'll do, you know, a stunning final reveal of their beautiful portraiture to the other one. It's funny, Lucy, you really set me up on a challenge. Lucy was like, yeah, and then you can just uh, give them all an activity to do on every single date. <laughs> I'm sitting here just racking my very large brain about activities <laughs> that we can do. And I've, I think I've only got about three. So we'll probably end up with a lot of Zoom portraits maybe we can do a sort of gallery but anyway Love i mean that. yeah hitched on the astral zoom exhibition hitched, why not the face of love but i mean it is it is pisces season so i think it's a good time to uh to you know be artistic be creative a little bit of culture and i think you know regardless of whether it's not about being good or bad is it really it's just it's just probably quite hilarious trying to draw someone you've never met over zoom and then you know, it gives them lots of excuses to gaze, hopefully lovingly, across the interweb at each other's pixelated face. So I hope they've got good quality broadband to get all the key details, their fine features. I love this. <laughs> I said to Jordana that she needs to be the top Sag activity organiser on the, the date. Pressure. And basically it's going to just appear randomly halfway <laughs> through the date. To make sure that they have fun. I'll just pop once... up and go, now we're going to play chess. <laughs> now we're going to play some games. So, you know, who knows? Yay. They've got some questions to explore. But we also want them to do something a bit more active together so they can see what it's like 
being with them in some abstract mm -hmm. way, even though it is online. So what I want to talk about is I want to go to, I suppose, kind of the most weirdly important thing in this whole bloody experiment is why are these two random mm. people who, by the way, live in different <laughs> continents. Yeah, let alone countries, continents. Continents, may I add, based upon their astrological stirrings. Stirrings. Why, mm, like stirring the Stir cosmic pots. Pot. Why are they so well matched? So actually these two as a couple are at the moment the most i'm the most excited about this match because i think they are really really compatible they have big past life energy <gasps> Ooh, big past life and i'm spicy. going to tell you why okay so they've given us permission to use their names so i'm going okay. to be using their names we've been calling them the two sad chums and now we have permission they're allowed to have names <laughs> so augustine is our lovely first person and augustine is big sagittarius energy so he's got his sun his mars and his mercury Love all that. in sagittarius in the 12th house okay now our other lovely participant is marta so she is also big sag energy she has her sun and her moon in sag in the sixth house we already have here a karmic opposition they're running along the 6th and 12th house axis. These two people, they're both committed to creative service that values freedom and exploration. So I get the sense they both love to travel, but also are both like really committed to some responsibility. They're like structured mm. free spirits, you know? Yeah. Augustine has his North Node, his Uranus and his Neptune, all conjunct his Ascendant in Capricorn. Crazy, <laughs> right? So... Capricorn energy, it's long game energy. Yeah. And it values tradition and structure and commitment, right? The ascendant is the face that we show the world. So there's this real sense of like duty and transparency and long game to him. And it makes him a really great significant partner, like really trustworthy and invested in himself, oh, invested in his creativity, right? That's lovely. He's great. He's really great. He's great. You should see the other one. Yeah. <laughs> She's great too. I don't know how we found two such great people. Now, having his North Node right, which is what we're going to talk about a lot in this series, because it's the dharmic direction of a person's life. Having your North Node on the AC means that for this life, his whole purpose really is about self-knowledge and expansion. But he can do that because he has this massive past life gift, basically of being able to generate warm relationships with people really easily. So his soul has pretty much always been in relationship, always been wow. in union, and it lights up when it's seen, right? <laughs> Marta, get this, she also has a ton of Capricorn in her chart. Stop it. In fact, she has a stellium. Ooh. So she has, I think she even has, oh my goodness, one, two, three, four, five, six. 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 Wow. That's, so, that's heavy. It's so heavy, right? Now, we know that in a, people who don't know, houses in astrology, they represent areas of life. So if you have lots of planets in an area of your life, it means that area of your life is really important and really busy. So for her, it's her seventh house that has this stellium in it, which is the house of marriage. Marriage and partnership. Long-term union. But as well, it's marked by Capricorn. So again for Marta. Oh, wow union is yeah. the long game for her she sees relationship as the long game and i imagine that if she's had her birth chart read before people would say that she would meet someone when she's slightly older mm. which is slightly older marta has this capricorn stellium in her seventh house and it shows that really 
it's a person whose life is destined for relationship. In her past life, she spent lots of time alone and she's mastered self-mastery. Now, her biggest lesson in this life is to meet someone through structured and committed union, <gasps> right? Now, Augustine's Dharmic lesson is to get to know the self through union because oh he spent my. all of his past lives in this mirrored way. So he's very good at that dynamic. So they're literally mirrors. They're literally opposites. Yeah, yeah. If this duo, right, they have a highly, 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 highly karmic chart full of magnetic opposition. Wow. Both of their dharma, so their purpose in this life, is in Capricorn, but in opposite sides of the chart, the relational houses. I, so <laughs> they have this like amazing, I mean, it's kind of crazy. We've got such a great match, first of all. But yeah, I also love that the first match is like big commitment. You're it's going like, all in. Marry Asa. Yes. I mean, this is the thing about this is that because they have this mirror of relationship and teacher they're great for long-term like marriage right this is this is the kind of match you would put together for like an arranged marriage because really? it's the kind of relationship that really blossoms over time yeah and the attraction grows through their shared values over time i really hope that there that some of that attraction is kind of captured in whatever way through zoom i think that the best thing for these two the way that it's almost like being together they both learn about the best version of themselves that's so lovely. just through observing the other it's just oh, so through... it is actually so this is actually a perfect game for them it's literally oh literally observing the other yeah i <sighs> think that they're two people that if you left them for a long period together they would be like oh my goodness like so much has just become clear about myself in my own life from this union it's yeah. really really compatible i've written haven't I, that it's a nine out of 10 match. Nine out of 10. Yeah, but the only thing that's not making it a 10, as we know, Jordana, yes. babe, is the continental <laughs> difference. The slight problem of geography. The minor issue of continental difference. So we'll see. We will see. It's a small hurdle. I mean, compared different... to love, it's nothing. <laughs> I personally cannot wait to hear how these two lovebirds got on nor can i i mean it's quite crazy that without this these people might never have met feels very yeah. fated it's you're right that it's very like it's very age of aquarius way to date yes and why not plant the seed in the cosmos in the pixelated cosmos because you have to meet somehow yeah, yeah. I, and i do think like the universe is mysterious right and sometimes the ways in which we meet people might seem completely random but actually yeah. then you start tracing the little threads of fate back and you go mm. oh wait all of your decisions led up to this moment yes i love that i love that so let's hear how these two lovebirds got on and what do they say when they spill the beans mm. to jordana i wonder is it a match? Are there pixelated butterflies? Oh, God. Are there stirrings in their intercontinental sacral? <laughs> Let's see. Okay, well, I see you like Agustin. So where are you from? Are you Argentinian or um, Spanish? Yeah, I'm from Argentina. I speak Spanish. Yeah. Okay, um, I'm from Spain. I speak Spanish too. <laughs> you speak Spanish, but your English quite okay. No, I mean, I've been living here for like almost eight years. So I, right. I live in London and I work in London and I write in. I, it's like I'm almost bilingual. So that's why I'm 
pretty much more fluent in lately I'm more fluent in English than in Spanish but I'm Spanish I was born in Spain and everything so yeah <laughs> yeah I, I can tell you have an accent though yeah pretty strong yeah. Right? now it's been two years since I'm living in Japan and yeah I've been traveling for 10 years more or less just mm -hmm. so I, I just visit Argentina I don't stay there for too long okay and you what do you work in Japan yeah I'm a snowboard instructor I love I love to be around the mountains you know nature I'm a writer and um, I'm also like a um, positivity coach which is part of like empowering for women right. and I'm an illustrator but then also to make ends meet I work as a teacher in a high school so I teach Spanish as well so I do many things okay. <laughs> yeah I can see well I didn't know what to expect to be honest the whole thing was very surprising but uh, I really enjoyed it and the more we talk the more I think we realize we We have, you know, many things in common, but also like the opposite, a lot of things that we we didn't agree or, but in a good way, you know what I mean? So I would say like I'm positive, I'm caring and I'm transparent. So it's like what you see is what you get pretty much like kind of a person. Mm. So. Hardworking, mm -hmm. creative and sensitive. So obviously I like writing and I'm very creative as well. So I'm drawing and um I meditate and do yoga, so it's my kind of like way of just move my body. I mean, I'm connected to my body. I do dancing as well. And um, I, I think a lot and I like to read a lot and I like to talk about humankind and uh, the sense of life and all that kind of deep stuff. So I go very deep, very quickly in my conversations if they let me. And, Yeah, I'm pretty philosophical, but I'm kind of quite quirky, so I don't like to keep it normal. But I'm a really deep thinker. And <laughs> yeah. I guess, I guess the same. I'm very, I can get really in, into philosophy of life, you know, and mm. go deeper, like, yeah, universe, mm. existence, yeah, and purpose, you know, souls, everything that we cannot touch and see, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. about feelings and. I like history a lot and mm -hmm. yeah things that normal people won't like to talk about you know because it takes time and it takes a whole process to try to understand different ideas. What are your like the traits you look in someone? Mm, like the what I look what do I look in someone when I'm yeah. looking for probably to be to be honest to be loyal Mm -hmm. and to be a good person like mm -hmm. that's uh, that's what really matters to me like if the way you treat you know other people yeah uh, so for me it's yeah. like same I just had like honesty and kindness and sense of humor as well it's like taking so, things yeah, like tell. you know right. just like we, la we like to laugh a lot yeah I'm, I'm the yeah. same so it's More like <laughs> so it's kind of like yeah an integrity is if you say something just do it like walk the talk because I am mm. that way so uh so how did that go 
how does it go? It was very revealing. We had many things in common and we like he went straight like, Are you Aquarius? And I'm like, No, I'm Sagittarius and then he started to laugh and he's like, Oh, I'm Sagittarius too <laughs> He's like, No, I get on really well with Aquarius people and I'm like, Yeah, me too. <laughs> are you are you from Aquarius? There's a lot of Aquarius probably in my ninth house, that's where I have my Aquarius, but I'm not, I'm Sagittarius. No way. <laughs> Are you? You're yeah, Gemini. Oh no. You're no, Sagittarius. I am Sagittarius. <laughs> yeah. What day? Um, 20. Mine is the 15th. Wow. Crazy. Well, I, I, I've, I've been reading a lot about Sagittarius people and you know the difference between, I can see some uh, guys from uh, Sagittarius and yeah, we have some, you know, some things in common, but uh, girls are very different in some ways. Mm. Um, I didn't know that. That's the way I see it. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. for example, my mother, she's Sagittarius. Okay. And we have, a, yeah, we have a lot of things in common, but she's she's quite different also. More mm-hmm. organized, you know, more, like you said, very listening people, like, we like to listen a lot. Uh, I get that. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I like, like to, to listen, listen and I'm really good at giving advice also. Same. That's why I'm yeah. a coach. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, to be honest, I, I'm, I don't know much about astrology. I'm just very curious. That's why I, I was interested in, in doing this experiment. But yeah, it was, yeah, very, very nice. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm glad to hear it. If you told me, for example, I'm Gemini and my rising is Capricorn, I would say like, oh my God, that sounds really crazy. Um, Because it's like uh, pole opposites. Opposites. So you like one, it's like yin and yang. Uh, She was lovely. She was adorable. And yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's hard to tell because from the first moment it was... I don't know. It was like I knew her before. It's kind of weird. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's hard to tell. But it was like, yeah, I, I know her. I, I don't know how to how to tell. I, I don't want to be, you know, crazy about it. But, you know, just when you have this feeling that you know someone or. Yeah, that doesn't sound crazy at all. That yeah. sounds lovely. <laughs> yeah. <and laughs> I'm, I'm really curious about astrology. But to be honest, um. I'm not sure how that works, you know, with um, with relationship, you know. Uh, yeah. Because I've seen, I've seen, like, obviously, um, that it makes sense sometimes, but sometimes it doesn't make sense. We were just like, like being very uh, surprised, and you know, things that we had in common on, even tasters and things that we we like to do, and and you know this there's always that kind of um, sense of, I don't know, like identity in a way. I uh, found very mm. funny that um, he lives in Japan and I've been, you know, reading about Japan for like uh, around a year and it just, it would just come like, I don't know why I'm very interested in Japan and uh, lately. Yeah, 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 it's so funny. Um, wow. Yeah. And uh, and then I have a good friend of mine who's Japanese and uh, we were doing this podcast on culture and there was so much in Japan and he happens to live in Japan. <laughs> yeah, he's very spooky. It's so funny that you're in Japan. 
Japan because I've been like for a year learning about Japan. Really? Oh. <laughs> yeah. You should, you should come. It's yeah. It was like on my top list and then obviously lockdown and everything. But I read actually like one of my favorite authors is Murakami. And um, oh, no, no way. No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which one is that? Oh, my God. Which one is Which it? Which one is the end of the world? I haven't read that one. My favorite. <laughs> what are my the odds? <laughs> okay let's carry on this is getting a little bit creepy uh, <laughs> you know we we start you know writing uh, to each other and yeah we have crazy more things that um, we didn't talk about in the podcast that we share and yeah it's <laughs> it's getting crazier and scary oh wow so you're you're keeping in contact yeah, yeah, we keep, we keep in contact. Yeah, she's a very sweet person, yeah. And then we were talking about, you know, ways of, like, seeing life and, and values, and we it will resonate with what each other would say. Um, so it's fun. We were laughing all the time because it was like, man, yeah, that's, that's what I think as well. You know, like, uh, we have a similar point of view on, on these things. You know, I just want to be real in the real world. And yeah. when, I, when I spend maybe an hour or two hours a day in my phone, I could be talking to someone, yeah. playing guitar, reading a book, you know, yeah. making the world a better place. Yeah, it was, it was very um, funny. Also, I was leading the conversation the whole time. Yeah, you're great. I mean... So, it's like, I'm kind of like this communicator. I have this communicator thing i used to have a podcast yeah yeah i can tell you are very narrative and you're very good at it to be honest i'm kind of um, shy in when when did you realize that you wanted to be a writer i always wanted but i had many fears and insecurities uh so i always i've always written for many many years and I've always illustrated but I knew I didn't want to be a full-time illustrator because I would get bored and I knew and I thought I wasn't gonna be a good writer uh because I hadn't put myself into the practice like deeply but mm. then I was like oh maybe you know being a like a travel writer something that would work with me yeah yeah and I guess yeah. there is some kind of force like the universe that that okay. helps you to you know, to go that way, don't you feel? Yeah. And it's curious that you said this because last year I have like the same feeling, you know, I I started snowboarding when I was nine years old, mm. but then, you know, um, life happens. I, I took many different ways. And mm. last year I got here to Japan and I discovered a whole new place and I started to do it again. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, why not? I mean, this is, in past relationships, uh, I thought I was, you know, showing love. I was, but they didn't get it. They, I don't think I'm, yeah, I'm very, it's, be, it's been hard, you know, to talk about love and how to show it. Uh, for me, it's a whole process. When you find the right uh, chemistry with someone, it's mm. about every day and, you know, a construction of the time. And yeah. 
to me after like so much reflection and introspection uh, <laughs> and past relationships uh, I think it's uh, making the safety to feel vulnerable for example so being open to be vulnerable to be honest this is my mm-hmm. like my first yeah, yeah virtual date yeah I was very yeah I didn't believe it, it could you know mean something or work or bring something to I you know I like like to be face to face in for these kind of matters yeah hard to mm. go to a safety level in that sense right. totally yeah, yeah for me that's that's a must to be to be more friends than you know a girlfriend and boyfriend for me that's the that's the key to be partners that makes the whole thing more enjoyable you know yeah for me i can tell that the moment i meet someone i can tell if we're gonna keep talking or that's it you know the energy mm-hmm. is just something that i'm Yeah, I mean, we all feel bad. Mm-hmm. I'm that kind of person, you know, like when I shake hands with someone or I know, yeah, yeah I can feel that and I get very, yeah, influenced yeah, by that. But um, have you been, have you been dating during this, uh, during this panorama? Have you been dating during this mad, mad time? Um, Done any other Zoom dates? Yeah, I mean, I've gone on dates whenever it was possible. And uh, it would be funny. I would also use astrology as a guide, as a reference. Oh, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say to the guy, hey, are you a Gemini? Or something like that. But uh, <laughs> when I ask about, I, I would usually ask for a sun sign. And then um, I would ask I would just see when I met them, so uh, and what happened. Very oh, amateurish, yeah. you know. But if I meet them in a Mercury retrograde, I'm like, maybe this is not going to work. <laughs> yes, here to teach you a lesson. Yeah, I've seen friends saying, "Oh, you are, you are Gemini or Cancer." Oh, yeah, I don't want to talk to you. And no, no. I, I mean, I, I'm curious. I'm curious, but then if someone says something like, I don't know, it goes deeper than that. I've had dates and they would be very, like it would be very strong, not strong, but I just give that kind of like strong energy and then guys wouldn't be able to take it, you know. Um, yes. And that would trigger many insecurities and they would just try to take me down, you know, mm-hmm. saying things about me like, I wouldn't say anything about you, man. So why do you say that? And I'm like, yeah, probably you feel insecure because I'm so confident. Um, And I didn't have that feeling. I felt pretty much like very friendly, very, very nice and friendly. Um, That's the the feeling I got. So yeah, I have I have one final question. The, the all-important one. <laughs> <laughs> would you meet again? I wouldn't say no to that. I think he's a really cool guy. Great. Well, it all sounds very positive. Um, and I've got to ask the all-important question, which is, right. would you meet again? Um. Yeah, I would. Yeah, totally. 
I would. Yeah. <laughs> yes, such it. synchronicity with these two. It was unbelievably fun watching them draw one another. There was just such comfortable silence. It was incredible. And then just, you know, small compliments kept coming out. It was really tender, really lovely. And I cannot believe that our first date has worked out quite so well and in such synchronicity with your predictions. I know. I mean, you know, like you said, it was such a joy to watch. And I think that when there is these such strong past life connections in a birth chart, there really can be that sense that two people hit it off immediately. So, yeah. Thank you for listening to Hitched on the Astral. And me, with Lucy Jordana Porter. <laughs> Join us next week for our fabulous new couple, the Pilgrim and Dylan the Demigod. See ya. See you next week. <laughs> Bae, you don't believe in astrology. <laughs> and that makes you so fine to me. Yeah, you don't believe in astrology.